podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. Hello and welcome back to The Fear of God, a whole new year, a whole renewed fear of God. Find all your favorite foggy paraphernalia at thefearofgodpodcast.com. Every week here in the fog, we explore what scares us, define what saves us, and by we, I mean me, one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse. And me, your other host, Reed Lackey. <laughs> it took a second there, brother. You doing okay? I'm doing all you right. Just, I, uh, I didn't take a second find, on my end. There must be a powder out in the forest. I'm, I'm, there must be a lag over the internet. That's all it is. <laughs> sure. So, um, I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure that's it. You weren't <laughs> missing your cue at all. Read. Okay. This week, not mm-hmm. only are we jumping back into our annual foray into the horror films of the previous year, continuing today with the one and only cocaine bear, mm-hmm. but today we're also joined by another bear, also a pastor, <laughs> author, game show contestant, and friend of the pod, J.R. Foresteros. Welcome back, J.R. I, it, y'all have made some big changes. It feels like I'm on a whole new podcast. That's oh, it, look at that. oh, man. I'm I so think, glad you noticed. I think I appreciate that. <laughs> I, do. I do. I did want to know why Michael is not with us. Michael B. Um, was there like a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's, Reed, well, I know Reed's the sub now. So, yeah, listen, yeah, so here's true. the thing, JR. Reed yeah. is a real kind of JR Forrestero sycophant, and he like oh, yeah. insisted okay. to be back okay. on this one. Well, uh, and honestly, Michael and I don't have a great history, so I yeah, like, yeah, I, there was that whole Fruitvale Station issue anyway. So yeah, yeah, like uh, it's all kind of adding up. Now it's like you were blurred the entire time, and you're finally oh, Michael's not here. I can click on. <laughs> I can yeah, click on I turn my camera on. Okay, it's real now. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I hate. Uh, when someone makes a joke that leverages a joke I previously made, and it takes me a second to get the joke, and dead, oh it. man, this is so uh, much we'll just, comedy, we'll so many I'm layers of the comedy. Smart Listen, enough, JR is <laughs> right, right, right. hmm. elevating the level. Okay, you got to keep up. This is like this is this is I'm not trying. I'm this trying. is not the I'm, junior varsity. I'm trying team. to yes and you guys. That's you are. Right. You That's are. all. And I went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he corpsed on stage sure right what <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> Nathan one of the things honestly I appreciate about you is you're always pushing the envelope right like everyone knows yes and now you're doing sure. huh right like that's that's the <laughs> yes that's the that's the new it's bleeding edge you know, it's, bleeding edge it's in the now. it's in the groundlings you know yeah. the yeah, yeah, upright yeah. citizens brigade they're doing yes and huh yeah you know. yeah I, it's Zeitgeist. just it, it's it's such a privilege to, to sure. get to be a part of that with you. Someone it's who's, like when your scene when your scene partner offers something, you go, uh-huh. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it really it's a really great scene mover. <laughs> it, I mean, that is where comedy really lives, right? Sure. In that uncanny valley. Is in of the ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> well, JR, what's funny is what you don't know and and um last week, or what you might not know, last week, so we started in our patron segments covering Mike Flanagan's Netflix's House of Usher. So we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. We're gonna leave you the one good Mike Flanagan, right? Straight, yeah. Okay. Mm, mm, um mm, and mm. then but 
uh, as part of it, Reed and I are digging through some of the actual Poe prose. Uh, the the text of Edgar Allan Poe, and I commented uh, as lament and great grief last week just how stupid we are now, because you read something like the rich, delicious Poe prose and -hmm. just come away sad. Not because (laughs) the stories are gothic and depressing, but because you're like, oh God, we only know how to speak in 180 characters, and we are so dumb. So... Indeed. That's a real uplifting <laughs> note to start an episode on. <laughs> so this is a horror <laughs> podcast, you guys. That it is, is, it is, it is. It is quite true. It is quite true. Okay. So JR, you're you're here. I'm I'm gonna uh, we're gonna be gracious hosts and leave you sitting here for a couple minutes. Because we're <laughs> gonna pop into our segment that's exclusive to the patrons, where as mentioned, we've begun a TV guide post run discussing Mike Flanagan's Netflix series, The Fall of the House of Usher. So sit tight, JR. We will be right back, I promise. So about this movie, about this movie, uh-huh. um, first of all, listen, this was a highly competitive guest selection on this episode. Um, we had a lot of people. We, we, we reached out to many friends of the fog and asked, hey, who would like to be on the, the general slate that we are putting together for our 2023 look back? And uh, several people mentioned cocaine bear and saying oh I'd, I'd like to be on cocaine bear i'd like to be but jr listen there was no competition for one very 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 specific reason will you regale us with the the epic tale of why we might have selected you to be on <laughs> cocaine bear <laughs> so cocaine bear was directed mm-hmm. by elizabeth banks mm-hmm. famous hollywood starling also the person behind the revival of the greatest game show of all time pressure luck which, I mean, obviously there's a story here, but do you guys care about that game show? Is it one that you had a history with? Because I found people either saw it and loved it or just it was not on their radar. My exposure to it was knowing without needing to be told or looking it up where uh, Big Bucks, Big Bucks, No Whammy comes from. That was about the extent of my exposure. I don't think I watched a bunch of episodes, but culturally speaking, if anybody referenced Big Bucks, Big Bucks, No Whammies, I would know. Oh, that's from the TV game show. Sure look. Yes. That, that, did you know the whammy? Like, if you saw a whammy picture mm-hmm. in the wild, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a whammy." Okay. Yes, I, yeah. And again, so that so maybe as a child, I watched episodes, and that just kind of stuck somewhere. I don't think I would have uh, known like the details of how to play the game. Like, spoiler okay. alert: I I uh, I saw a recent episode, uh, and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and. I was. You were on the edge of your seat. You're like, I don't even know what's happening. I was like, this. I don't know how this game is played. Um, So, but, uh, but yeah, but knew about the whammy and knew, you know, oh, that's bad if you see a whammy and and had known that they were they they're reconfigured like they had they have their own little personalities and characterizations and when they show up and stuff. So knew that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, was this a thing? Um, I would have culturally known the reference to no whammy, no whammy, stop. I would not have exactly known where that was sourced or, you know. So I I watched it when I was a kid. It was on from, I think, like 83 to 85 or something like that. It actually, I don't know if you guys know this. It got taken off the air because a guy cracked the algorithm. He, like, watched every episode and figured out the algorithm and then went on the show and just, like, won everything. (gasps) 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> you they were like, well, the game. this show's canceled. <laughs> you wow. didn't cheat technically, right? It's like counting yeah. cards. It's like not technically, you're not technically yeah. cheating. You just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think they fixed that. Uh, it's a little more random now. Anyway, it came back. We were scrolling through Hulu in like 2017 or 2018 or whatever. And, you know, the uh, the banner came up, pressure luck with Elizabeth Banks's picture. And I shrieked. My mm. wife was like, what? She did not know the game. She like y'all. She knew like big, big bucks, no whammy. And that was it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we started watching it. She was like, you should apply to go on that show. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. How do you do that? Turns out <laughs> there's a form on the ABC website. Wow. So I did that like again, back in, I think 2018, whenever the show first debuted, it never heard anything. I was like, well, you know, it happens, right? Nothing, sure. whatever. Fast forward to, uh, February of 2020. It's a Friday, which is one of my days off. I was sitting on the couch, just hanging out, waiting for my wife to get home and uh, I get a text message that says, hi, I'm a casting associate with Press Your Luck. Are you vaccinated? And has anyone reached out to you? Oh, my gosh. And I was like, this is a scam, right? Because it's been <laughs> five years. Then I was like, it's a weird scam because they didn't like ask for my social. They didn't ask for any information that's not right. like available, you know? Sure. Like, well, yeah. it doesn't hurt me to answer their question. So I texted him back, uh, said, you know, no one's reached out to me. I'm vaxxed and boosted, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He said, cool. Can we do a phone call in a couple minutes? Go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Long story short, that fast, uh, that was not a fast track. It was, it was about a six week super intensive casting process. And I got to go on pressure luck as a contestant. That's amazing. Uh, awesome. Which is hosted by Elizabeth Banks. So her mm-hmm. production company brought it back, but it's hosted by Elizabeth Banks. So I'm getting ready to fly out to Los Angeles where they film. And I was like, you know what? It's a one, it, you know, it, it's a shot in the dark, but. I'm going to bring a cocaine bear poster with me. So I got wow. online, bought a nice one sheet, like, you know, nice double sided what they use in a movie theater. Yeah. I stole a silver pen from my 13 uh, year old housemate who loves <laughs> coloring with markers. I didn't even ask her. I just took it, slid mm-hmm. it in the tube. And then that was my, you know, carry on item for the plane. Sure. So we get there. I go, they have like a whole day of boot camp where they like teach you how to play the game and coach you on what your story is going to be and kind of figure out what Elizabeth's going to ask you and they'll like get to know the contestants section sure and i pulled my producer aside at one point and I, uh, his name was kyle uh, great great guy also mm. a huge horror movie fan actually when i was auditioning i think part of the reason i got to move on was because my big like tr- audition where i was trying out and like pretending to play the game with two other potential contestants mm-hmm. was on the tuesday before the thursday i saw cocaine bear when it released oh my gosh wow and so again kyle uh, Kyle was the guy there. We were hanging out, waiting for the other groups and just, you know, whatever. And so, and he had already told me he was a big horror movie buff. And so I was like, Hey, um, like what's the vibe on the team around cocaine bear? And he was like, Oh my gosh. And just was like gushing <laughs> one. Actually, he was gushing about how much everyone loves, loves Elizabeth Banks. Oh, they, that's he's, delightful. He said, he said, however great you think she is, she is that great and more. And that's so like awesome. everyone here is rooting for the movie. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to see it succeed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so like I texted him after I saw the movie. I was like, oh, it's so great. Whatever. They all like went and saw it as a, as a crew. Wow. You know, had like a big, big part. I don't think Elizabeth went, but like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and then, <laughs> um, so I get, I'm, I'm at boot camp and I, I pull Kyle aside and I was like, Hey, if this is, if this is a thing, like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. tell me and you'll sure. I swear you'll never hear a word about it again. But yeah. I just had to ask and I showed him the poster tube and I said, 
do you think Elizabeth Banks would sign my cocaine bear poster? And he was like, oh my God, I have no idea, but we're going to ask. And I was like, okay, cool. Like at least he's as excited as I am, right? Oh, that's amazing. And so we go through, like, I forget about it, right? I just hand him mm-hmm. the tube. He takes it. And that was like, I, that was a Monday. I filmed on a Wednesday. I don't even think about it. We're just like sure. hanging out and doing yeah. LA. And then it's like, we go to the set, we get makeup and hair and we're, you know, getting all mic'd up, meeting the other two people I'm going to be playing against. And then they're mm-hmm. like rushing us out on the stage. We're there. The the lights are up. It's like the lights are beating down on us. The audience is being brought in. Like people, wow. there's three people attached to each of us. One person is just holding a fan on us. One person is touching up the makeup from the sweat. And one person is like making sure our microphone packs are all good and everything. Man. And in the midst of all of that, one of the main executives, two executive producers mm-hmm. uh, Jeffrey and John John came out he's like okay guys uh, we're getting ready to start uh, here, in a, here in just a minute Elizabeth's gonna come out and introduce herself to each of you and just say hi all you gotta do is shake her hand and say hi and then uh, you know she'll go backstage and we'll get ready to start okay everyone good and we're all like wow Woo, you know like oh, super nervous and then he looks <laughs> at me he's like hey JR she signed it and I was oh, like, that's oh. awesome. Like, oh that's so cool he <laughs> goes yeah man she was so jazzed about it she, she opened is- it up she's like oh this is like a real poster. She's like, it's awful black. I hope you brought a marker. And then boom, there fell out the marker. And she was like, okay. So That's I have awesome. a cocaine bear poster. I can send you all a picture of it. If you want to post it to your socials, I would but love it that. Says, yeah. It says no whammies. XOXO Elizabeth Banks. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> so awesome. even though I didn't win anything, I got to bring that home with me. And yeah, like talk mm-hmm. about a treasure for life. That is a prize. <laughs> my friend, that is a prize. And it delights me so much. She has always been a presence that I've appreciated whenever she's been in stuff. And I love, absolutely love hearing stories of people that I'm a fan of and then finding out that the people that work with them, not just the the PR and people, but the people that work with slash for them, love them. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's awesome. I'm so happy. And you hear, I mean, this I know this is not an Elizabeth Banks podcast, but no, it's okay. um, no, it's a new year, you new podcast. About, it is. Okay, 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 great. Then yeah. yeah. Especially since Michael bailed, I'm just gonna talk about right. Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you hear about star power, right? And how these people like it's one thing when you see them on the screen, but it's another thing when you meet them in person. And, like, I guess sure. I've heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a thing, man. Like, I'm wow. I'm meeting freaking Elizabeth Banks. Like, she's one of, of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. I think she's a great director. Spoilers, I guess, for reviewing this episode, but mm-hmm. um, when she came up and shook my hand, she just somehow had this presence where I just immediately felt at ease, oh. immediately felt comfortable, felt like mm-hmm. I'd known her for a million years. And then That's again, awesome. we're like in a we're in a game show, right? This is like right. hardly an organic environment. It is sure. insane. It's super high stress. They intentionally make the crowd so loud that the only way we can hear Elizabeth is because we have speakers in front of our podia. Oh, wow. She's only like, I don't know, uh, 10 yards from us or something like that, right? Like she's very close. Um, but it's so loud. And yet Damn. even still, like when she's chit chatting with us, when she's cracking jokes, she was so hospitable in the mm. way she hosted. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was, it was really, I, you know, some, someone who does that for a living, right. As a pastor, mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I try to do. It was really something to behold and to be on that's the receiving awesome. end of, you know, it was, it was, uh, without being, without being dramatic, it, like it was pretty magical. 
That is so amazing. And you could see, so I did what, you know, I, I coyly referenced it earlier, but I did watch your episode because uh, when you had posted on Facebook, I was like, no way. I just saw the picture first. I was like, <laughs> right, what, the, right. what the heck? And then, um, so I watched your episode. Uh, that episode was uh, intimidatingly <laughs> stressful. It was epic. Like, it was epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but you could feel, uh, just as an aud- uh, audience member watching the show, uh, you could feel what you're describing from her. She's very uh, organically engaged with the contestants. Th- this this immediate sense that like when she expressed concern or when she expressed like, oh, I can't believe this, you know, you felt that there was a genuineness to yeah. it. It wasn't facade. It wasn't pretense, um, which was also really just delightful to witness. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. It, I'm I'm glad. <laughs> I have nothing but good to say about the whole experience. Every single person I worked with, like incredible from the people who did hair and makeup to the people who were in charge of babysitting us <laughs> so we didn't like wander <laughs> off somewhere to the sure. wardrobe people to uh, the producers and Elizabeth herself. Like Man, incredible team that they put together. So, Man, that's and awesome. Re- rewatching, co- it was the first time I'd rewatched Cocaine Bear since, uh, since that whole experience. And I was like, oh. man, like, yeah, I just wonder now if part of the reason this movie was so stinking fun is that same kind of environment that she, you know, creates or whatever, right? That, like, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it sure seemed like everyone in the movie was having the time of their life. So see, that's the same vibe that I got, uh, that, that sort of front load. So, you know, we'll sort of dive into the movie a little bit. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I was like, JR has to come on and, and, and tell, tell, tell the press your luck story. But, um, so well, let me let me. I'm sorry, Reed. Let me cut you off yeah. real quick because if yeah. I'm a, if I'm a little noticeably quiet, it's because you know you've you've jarred this memory for me, Jr. Of like, so when I was in uh, at Gardner Webb, Reed and I went to Gardner Webb here in North Carolina uh, for our undergraduate work, and uh, I think when I was a sophomore, I submitted myself to the MTV show Real World, and now. <laughs> You know, 25 years right? later, I'm wondering if I'm going to get a text out of the blue. And if <laughs> hey, I, Nathan, you know, the, uh, yeah. the associate producer. Uh, yeah. I will say when I got this on the is phone Carson with Daly that, checking in. Yeah, I got on the phone with that first guy that and again, he was like he was the associate of the producer of the agency that they hired to cast the show. Oh, sure. wow. So layers he's like, and layers, layers. And yeah. Layers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even get passed to Elizabeth Banks's production company and the pressure luck people until it was down to like a hundred people. Oh, dang. Or something wow. like that. Like it was crazy, right? Like they have this whole company that just like, cause they said they got like 16,000 applications or something. Like I that, believe something it. Crazy. So I believe it. Um, so when I first got on the phone with this guy, again, I applied in 2018, it's 2023 mm-hmm. and he goes, he goes, okay, so JR, I'm seeing here that you applied in, um, is this correct? 2018? And I was like, <laughs> wow. yeah, he goes, and nobody has talked to you. And I was like, nope. And he was like, well, uh, my lucky day. And I was like, and my lucky day. Like, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I genuinely just thought, uh, that was it, you know? So that's cool. yeah. So oh, Nathan, cool. yeah, who knows? Hold out hope. The real yeah. world could Listen. still be in my future. <laughs> is that, mean, are they still doing the real world? I, I don't know. And my life is question. dramatically different than it was 25 years ago. I don't, what if, you know, what if I'm it's sh- like, True what if story. it's like a legacy, right? Like a real sure. world legacy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I could to see that fair, happening. I think I might, you know, in the, in the ongoing saga of yes and no, That'd be kind of how that phone call would go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, listen, we discovered still, you sub- you submitted yourself twenty five years ago. Still Are you still in interested? The, uh, still in the MTV uh, world, uh, I found out that they were still doing 
MTV News when they announced that they were canceling MTV News. And I was hmm. like, oh, they're still doing that. <laughs> and I, you got like, that news. It's <laughs> like, it's like and, you know, that's probably why they canceled it is because everybody's like, they're still doing that? Oh, well, I guess not anymore. But yeah, I... Uh, 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 I don't know. I don't have a, a deft segue into the 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 fun that is uh, Cocaine Bear, except to say when this is the kind of film I think that is lucky from the title, like just even just saying Cocaine Bear somewhat front loads. All right. Listen, everybody recognize what you're about to get into. Like this, this is uh, this is not going to take itself uber seriously. Uh, or at least it shouldn't. Uh, this is kind of wild, uh, a little out there, but hopefully we'll have some fun along the way. Um, and so when I heard about this film, I was like, I'm making a film called Cocaine Bear. And that is just the, the entire extent, uh, that I was already sold. I was like, I'm done. I saw that poster. Maybe it's the version that you have signed, JR, but it's that poster of the bear. The just, black and white. Yeah. The, the black and white uproarious, you know, bear growl, uh, with, you know, sprinkles of powder flowing up everywhere <laughs> around him. And uh, now I missed this in the theater. Didn't get to see it in the theater, but watched it, the I think, the same night that they announced that it was available <laughs> on uh, on streaming. I was like, oh, Cocaine Bear is here. I am going to, like, everybody go to bed. I uh, have some, some business to attend to. Daddy's um, got to snort a line. Wow. Wow. There it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and when I watched it, uh, I think that was my big takeaway. I feel, I, I didn't watch it again until preparing for this episode. But when I watched it the second time, I feel exactly the same way about this film, uh, that I did the first time I saw it. I suspect as many times as I may watch this again, I will feel the same way about it then. And that is that for me, this was effortless, fun, uh, I have some kind of broader thoughts that we might get to in themes if we if we get, you know, if the tone feels right for that moment. But I feel like this was just effortless fun. I can turn it on, can kind of turn my brain off, enjoy what I'm seeing. And I just had a whole lot of fun with it. It was just it was just a big enjoyment fest for me. Would I say this ranks among like, oh, everybody needs to sit down and prioritize watching Cocaine Bear? I don't know that I would go that far. But I really just had uh, a illimitable amount of fun uh, with uh, with cocaine. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Look at you using yeah. those fancy words. <laughs> I mean, um, w- yeah. when I rated it high, which I did because I loved it, mm-hmm. all these people were like, I can't believe you rated cocaine bear so high. And I was like, listen, <laughs> make a list of the things that you need a movie called cocaine bear to do. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you this movie does all of them <laughs> and throws in a couple of surprises. Sure. Sure. Because exactly I, what you said. And people were like, well, do, you, do you think I'll like it? And I was like, that entirely depends on how you reacted to the title. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, what are you expecting? And yeah, then like, you know, yeah. And it delivers exactly what it promises. 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I have some small quibbles, but yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. So I'm I'm on point there. Uh, Nathan, you, <laughs> I don't think, had seen this film in the theater. Is this, Was this your first time seeing it? It was for this episode? You finally watched it? it? W- yeah, yeah, it was, in fact. Um, I Are you going to be the bear that shits all over this in the woods? <laughs> this is it. This is it. He's going <laughs> to, this is it. <laughs> and we'll know finally the answer. <laughs> Such a perfect analogy because here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, you know, we're we're all friends here. Yes so far. and huh. 
Where's Michael when we need him? <laughs> Where's Michael? Yeah, it turns out it was me that needs replacing here. Um, no, I had not seen it in the theater. Um, I, I I don't know that I would have thought we'd get to it here. Uh, but, you know, as happens with these films, sometimes once I've missed it the first go round, I'm just like, oh, we'll, we'll probably get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I here's what's here's what's awesome about me is I'm easily <laughs> persuadable. So there's a world where I can kind of have my mind changed. One viewing in by myself, which is not the optimal sort of like way to experience a movie like this. Um, I can I can recognize that. I found it fine. Yeah, it was it was fine. I y'all are both just like dead quiet and so it's, it's uh, the fog like, meter is our like very specific <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um here's the thing here's here's the tension i have right now is gregarious jr diplomatic read me trying to find the the balancing act of, of how to listen you know just just speak know. your speak speak your plain truth <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think Elizabeth Banks is great. I want to support. And, you know, it, it was this weird moment of like, I'm really happy for her <laughs> and the success of this uh, insofar as it's successful. And I still just think like, JR, you are absolutely 100% correct. Like, it's all there in the title. <laughs> I think on a certain level, maybe that was my problem is it's like, I, I need... I, w- I wanted just a little bit more, not depth. <laughs> like, that, I don't need depth. That's not what I'm asking for here. What I'm saying is just maybe a little more complexity to the comedy. Um, I feel like it's very on the surface. You're shaking your head no, JR. Just speak. You're, you're, it's you're called the guest. Cocaine Bear. I mean, I don't like. <laughs> right. I love that it's like, you know what was missing from Cocaine Bear was some complexity. <laughs> New of the comedy. <laughs> Of the comedy, not of the, I don't need a Rube Goldberg machine for a narrative exercise here. I don't need uh, Tenet, uh cocaine bear. <laughs> I had to watch it four times to realize the bear was dead the whole time. <laughs> was that guy on the roof or was he the roof? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, anyway, so yes, I, I am kind of at a, a pretty neutral Energy on cocaine, but the, the cocaine bear right now. Well, we might we might bring you around before things are all said and done. Honestly, like I feel like uh, so so where I will ever so slightly bend your direction is I do think that enjoyment of the film somewhat rises and falls on whether or not you can appreciate the kind of comedic sensibility that it's after. And I can understand that if the if to to kind of the point that you were making. If for some reason the the comedy just kind of isn't working for you, I could see, I mean, it did for me, but if if a viewer was watching this and was like, I'm not really finding these jokes funny, then I could see how this film would be more sort of tedious because they are all sort of of the same vein of that kind of comedy. Me, uh, and I'm again, just speaking from my experience, I very quickly calibrated to the wavelength of just like, that. yeah, this is the kind of jokes that we're doing. I don't know if I would say laugh a minute, but close. Like, I chuckle a lot while I'm watching this movie. There's a lot of different scenes, little... I think all of the performers... I think you mentioned this, JR, a presumptive based on your meeting Elizabeth Banks and seeing the kind of set that she creates for her cast. I could kind of see just everybody seeming like they are just enjoying themselves. So they're letting their hair down. There is an old adage 
that drama is fun and comedy is hard. That actually to make a comedy is a very, very difficult process because they have to do the jokes a thousand times. The jokes aren't funny except for maybe the second time. And so comedy can be very hard to execute unless, hopefully, ideally, you got a person like Elizabeth Banks who's creating and fostering an environment that everybody can just relax, just relax and have a good time and and kind of be silly with it. And that was the vibe that I got. So, yeah, I mean, some some sympathy your direction, Nathan. If the comedy's not working, I could see somebody not enjoying this film to that full tilt. Man, com- the comedy worked for me. I thought it was hysterical. Um, yeah, I don't fight people when they're like, I just didn't work for me. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to try to convince you. Sure, uh, sure. It did what I wanted. It did what I wanted it to do. What if you were like, there, I try to fight people when they dislike this movie. <laughs> I mean, there are some, like there are some movies, like when people sure. are like, like, okay, obviously the unarguably, objectively, the best film of all time is Mad Max Fury Road. And oh, okay. yeah, there, sure. there was a guy, there was a guy that I know who was like, that movie was stupid. It just didn't make any sense. And I was like, okay, this is an objectively bad take on this movie. <laughs> um, yes. And, and like, I'm happy to participate in the re-education of this human to, you know, <laughs> again, you don't have to like Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. right? Like that's right. fine. I know if I understand if it's not your bag, but sure. you can't say like it's bad and doesn't make sense because I could pause it at any point that you're watching it point and say, tell me what that character cares about, what their motivation is. Right. And you would know right. like from the war boys to the bullet farmer to everyone. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. insane given that there's like three lines of dialogue on the whole movie. Right. So like get out of here with your nonsense that you don't know how to watch movies. That's fine. Right. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like I, you know me, Nathan, I have yeah, strong I opinions. I'm not afraid to voice them. I'm saying <laughs> if, if someone's like, yeah, cocaine bear was, did not scratch the itch that I had. I get it. Sure. Like Reed said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. man, I had a blast with it. I wrote this down is, so many lines. <laughs> this is where, okay, let's, let's just, you know, let's be real with each other here. This is where I wonder if I've missed out in life by not enjoying illicit substances sometimes because i'm like <laughs> should you just watch this <laughs> i know i'm being jokey but no i know I, I think my point is like do do not accuse me of of um you know error here because clearly this would not be the case this is not how you should watch this movie i don't know if it was a mindset thing like i just I, in the moment i was i gotta watch do this you, movie so i'm gonna watch this movie it just yeah what Jared? do you think that being on the bleeding edge of comedy, like where you live is really what keeps you from just enjoying something that's a little more mainstream. That's what, like, is that's that, what it is. That's is what that it is. Maybe just what it is. <laughs> it's too sophisticated. He's too sophisticated. He's yeah. uh yeah, he's uh he's Steve Martin over here. Can't, uh, can't, can come down. <laughs> <laughs> to the, um, okay. Well, no, well, let's talk about this for a second because Reed, we just had a B side on Pee Wee's big adventure and <laughs> you know, like ironically and incredibly, Pee Wee Herman appears in Cocaine Bear, which was just a great joy to experience and see. Um, but to your point, am I too sophisticated? No, that, uh, maybe. But that's not the point. The point is simply like, yes, uh, you know, I got, I, I experienced this movie, chuckled a few times, found, hang on, let me find his name real quick, found Christian Convery. The young fellow who plays Henry, utterly delightful. <laughs> he's that hysterical. Is is he's probably hyster- the best part of the film. <sighs> oh, um, he's hysterical. But ultimately, to everyone's point, it 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 kind of it, the joke is in the title, and that's the joke. Well, there is a and and we don't have to make the entire episode uh, a dissection of of different streams of comedy, but I do think there is something to this. I don't respond 
For instance, I don't respond to transgressive blue humor when it is to an extreme. I, I, I can appreciate its cleverness. I can appreciate why what the comedian is doing or what the film is doing, why that is funny to some people, but I don't respond to it. So when there was this big wave of like ultra raunchy comedies and sometimes they were ones that people were just really loving, I would attempt them and they just didn't work for me. I appreciate situational comedy, which I would definitely say this fits into this mold and I appreciate wit. So I appreciate good jokes like uh, uh, good punchlines. And and so I feel like there is a certain very sincere point to be made that comedy, like horror, is very personal. So individual things may not scare the same people to this to this point that like, you know, you could watch something supernatural and be terrified. Other people might be like, oh, I, I brush all that stuff off, but I can't sit still through a shark movie. The same thing is true for comedy in that something could just really you know, push the button for an individual person that another person may find it very, very difficult because that's, that's not only not their preferred flavor of humor, but it's just not something they connect with. They can't, uh, they can't appreciate whatever version of work that is doing. And that is a very, that's not, you know, I'm not placating here when I say like, that's a very real thing. That's a challenge when people are trying to make anything comedic because that sensibility is going to a certain degree distance some of its audience members, people who even like comedies, but, not this kind of comedy, if that makes sense. Um, but this is the yep. problem, Reed. See, we're getting therapeutic here. I want <laughs> to be, I want to hang out and laugh. So <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to you. It's like I'm watching the two of you joke, and I'm like, I want to, oh, I want to laugh yeah. too. And so you know, <laughs> do you, okay. So Nathan, do you yeah. think it would have changed your experience of the film, like if the three of us all had a little watch party, even like from our separate houses, but like we're on Zoom and we're all playing the movie at the same time, like making jokes and stuff? I mean, because we I saw it in a packed theater, right? Mm-hmm. So right. I mean, well, not packed, but like it, you know, there was an audience, and so seeing it with an audience was just a blast because sure. all of the places you wanted the reactions, uh, the audience obliged happily, and that. Mm-hmm. For me, that always heightens the experience, particularly of like horror or comedy. Right. right? Yes. And I do, um, I do think this, this gets to a point of, because that's what I was, I, I did allude to at least that note earlier, JR, of, of like the way in which I watched it. Right. That was kind of my very, question. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very isolated. And, and, you know, and for work, you know, let's, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> work, you know, uh, gotta write it off on the taxes. Oh, uh, that time spent. Um, the, the, you know, let's, let's go deep quick, which is just the, the idea of isolation and experience of levity in life and the challenge that comes from like, I, I am trying to get on the wavelength. I'm not quite there because there's no one to like share it with. And sure. isn't that a bit disheartening? And so, so no, for, for me personally, the solo experience of watching this movie was not nearly as fruitful as it sounds like it was for either of you in, in y'all's experiences, whether with a corporate group at a movie theater or even re- perhaps read by yourself. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, I mean, I think I, it's like, what's the, what's, how does, um, what's the movie? Oh, shoot. I don't you know. know. You know that movie. Yeah. yeah. Was, <laughs> it, was it cocaine? Bear? It was cocaine. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Dead gummit. It's not, uh, it's see, I can't even remember the actor's name. It's well, the, John Crack- the John, the John, the John Krakauer uh, adaptation. Into about the wild. The kid the, yes. Into the oh. wild. Oh, 
Oh, end of the yeah, wild. End of the wild. Remember how the end, he dies alone. He's like, life, oh, snap. Yep. Life was meant to be shared. That's yeah. how I feel. Comedy is meant to be shared, in my, it, in my estimation. It absolutely is. No, and it so I couldn't totally share is. it. I couldn't share yeah. it. So the jokes weren't jiving, uh, you know, okay. because I, 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 was, I will say that yeah. watching it and just imagining my close personal friend, Ms. Banks, chuckling behind the camera really did change how i experienced the film so i understand that i i yes. empathize with you completely it's great i mean it's great. ironically so like i know we need to talk about the movie but um <laughs> my, my, my wife and i have been to several stand-up uh you know experiences in the last couple of years and and like wanda sykes john mulaney but i went with my sister actually to see tracy morgan and i will mm. tell the two of you here and for no one else, if you ever get this chance to see Tracy Morgan live, okay, A, it is the raunchiest. <laughs> like, I, like there isn't a word. It read, it's illimitably raunchy. It is like <laughs> boundlessly raunchy. Y'all, I, it, it was, it was a small You're club here blushing, in Charlotte. You're still blushing, I can see. I, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. This was circa the time I got LASIK last year, so I had to wear my glasses for an extended period of time. <laughs> Y'all, my glasses were fogging up. I was laughing so hard oh in this God. room. I bet. I was I bet. uncontrollably smacking the the table in front of me because it was so fun. Anyway, so my point, yeah. I guess I'm trying to establish my bona fides here that I do like sure. comedy. Of course. Of course. But it's you meant to be things. meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. So um, before, get we, us before on track, we move, Reed. Yeah. Before we move to the next segment, which we will, uh, I just have to pour uh, some love and a cold one out, minus the raunch. Funniest show I ever got to go to was uh, Sinbad with my wife. Uh, just, Interesting. Yeah, loved the heck out of it. Minus the raunch. It was a very family friendly. That, well, uh, yeah, I was saying he's a pretty clean comedian. Yeah, like yeah. Jeff so, right? Yeah, very, very family friendly comedy. But man, he was riffing. He was improving. He was working the crowd. He had, uh, you know, pre uh, rehearsed material. But uh, just man, we laughed so, 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 so much. They had to come in. The, the venue had to come in and tell him he had to stop because he was going over time that's uh, and, amazing. They, and they were like we're gonna need we're gonna have some some problems here if you don't wrap this up and then he even made jokes out of that it was it was great it was just absolutely fantastic um but uh but nathan uh yeah get, you get us back on track okay well i mean listen I, i'm feeling real self-conscious on the defensive here so that, let me i need to remind the two of you that oh. this is a horror show Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And right. so, you let's know, talk about bears mauling people. Lest we forget. <laughs> uh, if it's gory, if it's gross, if it causes you a fright, it's time for the part of the show that we call That Ain't Right. That sure as hell ain't right. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. All right, Jar, you oh. are our uh, guest. You are Elizabeth Banks' personal friend. Uh, please share <laughs> with us what you would cite as your top, top, tippy top, uppermost. That ain't right for this film. I mean, it has got to be the ambulance sequence <laughs> from the time the EMTs force the door open until. They crashed the ambulance. That was just relentless, disgusting, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, edge of your seat, like cringe and hide behind your hands. Like, oh, who, man. And, and it kept 
shifting, right? Like mm-hmm. discovering the ranger, knowing the bear's in there somewhere. When he opens the door, the way the bear is revealed out of the dark, and oh. then he like shuts the door. Then the, then the <laughs> door is on top of him, oh, and man. she's getting out. And you're like, oh, that dude's just hosed, right? Like he's dead. And then no, he's not. He you know throws the bag, and the bear goes, and, and oh. the bear jumps. I mean, then then the Ranger dies like falling out face down on the asphalt, on the, right? Like, oh my just, lord! Just relentless, and mm-hmm. you know it was especially the sequence inside the ranger station was shot. I thought kind of like a slasher, you know. It kind of mm-hmm. had some mm-hmm. of those same vibes, uh, yeah. in a way that I found really effective. Sure. Um, at first, I was irritated that it cut away when the bear put its hand, its paw through the window and killed the the last of the or the the kid. You oh, know, but yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. but fear not. When they came back to it, <laughs> you, were, you you got everything you had thought you were gonna miss and more. Oh man, um, that was great. Tons of gore, tons of scares. Mm-hmm. Uh, again comedy in the sense that I thought the way things kept happening were surprising and unexpected in ways that typically would be comedic beats. But again, mm-hmm. they, they ended up playing into the horror even more. Sure. Uh, you know, I just, I loved that. I mean, in, in a, in a film that had a lot of great sequences. Sure. Yes. I thought that was just, just the crown jewel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, again, Next time I talk to my close personal friend, Elizabeth, Banks, <laughs> I will have to ask her, like, what's it like to be in the editing bay and finish that sequence and watch it and just be like, Man. yeah, you know, yeah. like, oh, that yeah. is like, we got something here. Like, I think that's going to show up on like great scenes from a horror movie, you know, years down the road, even if the Absolutely. whole film doesn't land from a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe Nathan, maybe you didn't like that scene as much as I did either, but mm. I just thought that that sequence was it fired on all cylinders for me. Yeah. Well, in uh, this case, it's not so much a lie because that ain't right. Reed, what what yeah. would what would yours Whole, be? Wholehearted endorsement on that. I think for me, um, I will cite. You know what? I'm <laughs> I'm going to cite the uh, scene almost directly preceding that ambulance scene where uh, Margot Martindale, she's the park ranger. Uh, she knows the bear is outside. And they, the, the, the punk kids think that they're talking about uh, this guy who assaulted them in a bathroom. Um, and she's like, she's right out. He's right outside. He's right outside. He took a bite out of my butt. You know, like it's, it's so, uh, it, 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 and then when the door opens and the bear is just sitting there happy as can be, he's just content. He's just sort of, you know, bobbing around. And, she, and then FYI. Oh, it's a she. Sorry. How do you know? I won't repeat that line, but um, basically, so. <laughs> um, but the bear is sitting out there, happy as she can be, and then when the one kid like leans in, is like, "That's a bear," and then the park ranger just blasts a hole in his skull. She's not even that was looking. Rough. She's not even looking, and just blah, just goes everywhere. And then, oh man, so that that wasn't right. That yeah, wasn't right. Yeah. yeah, that ain't that ain't right. Well, I thought Reed, this is the one you're going to take, so I'm appreciative that there's a, a mm. pretty significant one left on the on the board here. But uh, Jr., you referenced in the ambulance scene. I will say one of the better, one of the strongest constructed moments in the film for me was the expulsion of the gurney that results <laughs> in the gravel face plant, you know, slide. That was wretched. Oh, oh God! Yeah, I mean. 
again, in a movie that's largely played for laughs, that was oh, yeah. genuinely horrifying. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. that was disgusting. Yes. Uh, equally disgusting, or or similarly disgusting, I think, is Ray Liotta's fate uh, at the end of the film. <laughs> when, oh my God, which, you know what, I've, I've never been like... I've been pretty neutral over time on Ray Liotta. I'm neither a huge fan or, or detractor or anything like that, but he's pretty, he's pretty strong in this, uh, definitely makes his presence known plays to type here. Uh, and, and at the end gets quite literally eviscerated by mama bear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. guts. for her babies. Well, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Right? That's, yeah. That's yeah. the, that ain't right part is, is <laughs> guts ri- or stomach rent open, uh, uh, entrails falling all to the ground and he's laying on his back as little bear cubs come and, and literally start chewing on his you know his innards yeah and uh that, that, that'd be my that ain't right can i uh can i just say before we leave Please. that ain't right um that just I'm, I'm so glad you you mentioned ray liotta this was ray liotta's last film he literally died the week following uh coming in to do his adr uh in post-production wow and uh and so like he got to see the film completed uh didn't get to to witness it released and it is dedicated to his memory um but i appreciate in a career as lengthy as his with some great performances i mean goodfellas is a great film he's got some really heavy hitters in his catalog uh, I was a big fan of Copland, which I don't hear many people talk about very much anymore. But but he was um, great in Copland. Absolutely. I mean, just incredible. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but sensibilities that I understand is despite his gruff appearance, I think he did have a strong sense of humor. I think he was a kind of a, I hear reports that he was kind of a, a you know, a fun to have on set. He wasn't uh, very uh, burdensome with those kind of things. And so I like that uh, his swan song gets to be something where he gets to be this silly where he gets to have this much fun. Uh, it's a fantastic career and, and his presence is going to be missed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I appreciate it, that he's, yeah, yeah. It's worth, yeah, it's worth calling him out because you're right. It's easy, I think, to look at him in this movie and be like, oh, they just, they just were like, yeah, play, play the mob guy. And, right. Sure. Right. But man, it is a whole different thing to do that in Copland or Goodfellas than it right. is to do it in a comedy. And I think there's some nuance to his performance that mm-hmm. hits a lot of beats that that are funny, despite the fact that he is not trying to be funny. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, yes. And again, on purpose. Right. Like he is yeah. he is he is the archetypal straight man in this. All mm-hmm. he wants is to get his cocaine back and, you know, be done with all of this. Sure. And and yet, yeah, he he really delivers, I thought, some just terrific humor in this no. one. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I really love it. Um, and so pouring a cold one out for Ray Liotta, mm-hmm. uh, a, uh, an honorable mention that ain't right for me is, uh, the, the, the bear does a line off of, uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson's, uh, leg. <laughs> just, just, I was going to call out that whole sequence. I called it in my notes, the bears can't climb trees sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes, I can. And he's like, well, why are you up here? And he's like, Ugh. <laughs> God, so funny. And I love that when the bear climbs one tree, he's like, wait, wait, wait. Good stuff's not up here. Yeah. Good stuff's <laughs> over there. <laughs> they did such. Okay. So I, I, I guess I have a general question. Um, how, like the bear was obviously fully CGI. Sure. Um, sure. they talked about in some of the, some of the interviews around the bear that like, you know, you got, you got train a bear, bear suit or CGI bear. And mm-hmm. to do the things that they needed this bear to do to make the script work, full CGI bear. Sure. Obviously, we're not quite there yet. You know, we we all saw the uncanny valley monstrosity that was Lion King and Little Mermaid and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. how, like I was relatively pleased with the bear 
Um, but I think I also was prepared to be generous because mm. the movie was called Cocaine Bear. Um, I don't know. Like, how did did how That's was the CGI note. for you guys? Did it distract? Did what, did you think it was fine? Did you love it? Like, That's, sorry, I know uh, this isn't my show, but I was thinking about no, that. No, no, I think it's a really great question. Uh, Nathan, I'll let you go first. I have an answer, but I'll defer. I thought it was fine. It's no, uh, yeah. it's no Phantom Menace, um, you know, which is great. <laughs> um, but to your point, I mean, I think the 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 fun is in the project at all. So if you're gonna do the project, here are your choices. Each mm-hmm. one presenting limitations. I think, and and though it sounded pretty, or, or may have even sounded negative there, I think the times it doesn't work are outweighed by the times it actually is either fine or works pretty well. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, every yes. now and then you're like, okay, uh, you know, just, this is not how physics works in, in bodies in space, <laughs> but you know, uh, but the, the times when it looks pretty good, you're like, yeah, looks like a, a bear uh, snorting Coke. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a very strange bar to set for it. Um, the, we've all seen who framed Roger rabbit years and years and years and years ago. So, one of the things I think about a lot in the conversation around CGI, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show, but one of the things I think about a lot is who framed Roger Rabbit was real live action people interacting with very, very obviously animated things that felt like they were occupying the same space. And so the way that film constructed it, it did not matter that Roger Rabbit or any of the other cartoon characters looked realistic. It didn't matter because the way they occupied the space was so thoughtful and was so deliberate that you just kind of went with it. You just, you understood this was the construct. I had a very similar experience with Cocaine Bear. The, the uh, bad version of this would be a lot of like the really cheap sci-fi channel stuff where it's like, oh, you know. Asylum, the, right? The it, asylum it, Yeah, stuff. the Sharknado asylum Sharknado and all that kind of stuff. That's exactly it. Where it's like, okay, th- it, you're not even working to make sure that the proportions are right for occupying this scene. That human being is way bigger than that shark would be in the scene or something like that. So with Cocaine Bear, I thought they, I don't know how deliberate this was, but it felt to me like they're not trying to make this realistic looking, but they are being intentional enough that you believe there is a bear in this space. I point to the ambulance scene again where he comes out of the shadows I don't think the effort or the intention is let's make this bear look and feel like it is very realistic and try to trick the eye or the mind, but rather focus on the way that animated bear is occupying the space and interacting with the environment. So I know that's a a bit more of a a nuanced answer to your question, but that's why it worked for me. And I think about that all the time when I think about this conversation around CGI. Uh, I go back to Roger Rabbit. But when we're talking about making a movie... That's what you have to think about, right? Right. Is what kind of movie are we making? Mm -hmm. What is the, what is the, you know, at the end of the day, it's when butts are in the seats and eyes are on the screen, what emotions do we want to create? And then what is the best, to your point, Nathan, what is the best option to get Mm. us there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, we're making a movie called Cocaine Bear. So physics are a distant fourth concern, (laughs) maybe. Right. And so probably we're going to opt for a CGI bear. 
mm-hmm. slash yeah. whatever they dropped on Han Solo when it passed out, which was another <laughs> one of my favorite bits. I mean, we get this walking carpet out of the way. Yeah, I don't. We didn't even talk much about the gazebo scene, but mm. having Ice Cube Jr., having oh. Han Solo, having Senator Clay Davis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., <laughs> like all in the same scene, just absolutely chewing the scenery together. It was great. Was Unreal. Well, the like the the bear falling asleep on Han Solo was one of the best bits in the film, and and honestly, it wasn't just the act of it falling asleep on him. It was then that they played it straight and him right. yelling out from it. That okay? See, that was funny to to me. Uh, that was very funny. It's like they are they are okay. Here we are. We're going for it. I love it. Uh, so that was oh, a very great. great. Bit. My my favorite bit of that <laughs> was when uh, when I'm just going to call him Clay Davis because I don't even remember. Sure, his, yeah. I could Jeez. I could ID him, IMDb it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> when he shoots Ice Cube Junior. and he shoots off his first finger and his ring finger, <laughs> that and the funny. little yeah, kid yeah, yeah. they have with him is like, "How did you even?" He's like crying. He's like, "How did you shoot those two fingers?" Off? <laughs> <laughs> so to great. me, Nathan, I think that's one of those details that was what you were saying you wish you had more of in the movie, right? Mm, mm. That is such a weird joke <laughs> that I don't even know when they thought of it. Yeah. And it yes. didn't need to be in the movie, but it was so weird and funny and it became a highlight of the movie for me. Well, oh, it was let's, great. Okay, let's do this. Let's get, um, uh, uh, okay, so remember, we were a horror show. We squirmed, we winced, we squinted our eyes. It's because that was the, that ain't right. Sure as hell ain't right. Okay, we're out of that. But see, but see, Jr. I feel like you just you just pointed with your middle and pinky finger because you were missing your <laughs> ring and and an index finger. I don't want to dwell too long on this because I feel like we we beat a sleeping bear earlier. But a choice like that, like there are moments in this movie where it points to slightly more absurd but doesn't actually go there and mm. and it's bits like that which i don't need like left and right like utterly ridiculous real you know just sort of gravity breaking sort of humor i don't mean that but just like that was a unique choice that lands comedically mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of it is not played straight that's not what i'm trying to <laughs> but say but it's more obvious right? yes yes yeah. it's more direct uh, you know, it's relying on the cuteness of the kid cussing or, or a cute kid with <laughs> a potty mouth. Eating cocaine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> eating cocaine. I, I will say one of my favorite lines in, in the movie is when he's trying to, that little boy, Henry, uh, he's trying to convince Dee Dee his awareness of cocaine. And he, goes, he knows what it looks like because he does it. Yeah. After, after church. <laughs> like, what, a, what a great bit of scripting. So uh, oh, man, any, anyway, script. point being, yes, a little more variety. And 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 I might have found a little more to hold on to there. But um, yeah, before we um, so so I have a, 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 a kind of a it's it's not totally in the spirit of the episode. Sure as hell is not in the spirit of the of the movie. Um, I have, I do have one little brief thematic observation that I'll make, uh, you know, probably won't spend much time on it, but before we do that, can we revel in, in some of JR, I know you wrote some down, but can we revel in some of the lines, uh, from this (laughs) film that I just think are, are absolutely hysterical? I don't want to steal any of yours, JR. So I'm going to let you pick like two. Okay. I've got two. I've got two that just killed me. Okay. Go ahead. Um, one of them is after Ice Cube Jr. His name is O'Shea Jackson Jr., but it's Ice mm. Cube's kid, and he looks yeah. exactly like Ice Cube to the point that he played him in Straight Outta Compton. So it's Ice carbon Cube Jr. copy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
It's after the fight in the bathroom. Okay. He got where he, he beats all of them unconscious, but he gets stabbed in the shoulder and he's grumpy and it ruined his jersey. And then Han Solo <laughs> shows up and they take one kid to go find the cocaine. And <laughs> they're compl- like Han Solo and the kid are complaining that they're not that that uh O'Shea Jackson Jr. won't let them talk. Mm-hmm. And uh I think Han Solo says something like, Yeah, maybe he's just grumpy about getting stabbed. And then the kid <laughs> With this like delivery that just implies so much backstory goes, yeah, getting stabbed sucked (laughs) or getting stabbed sucks. (laughs) Like like he said it with so much empathy and like, yeah, man, been there. It's like, (laughs) what? And then it's not followed up on. It shouldn't have been right. It was, it was a perfect line, like Mm -hmm. perfect delivery Mm -hmm. um, because there is no way that, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character is going to feel any connection to this kid. But the kid, like, despite the fact that he just tried to rob this dude and then got beat unconscious, it's oh like, just, just showing a little empathy. You know, yeah, getting stabbed <laughs> sucks. <laughs> that line oh, killed me. Like, I, love I just, it. I loved it. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it so much. The other one is, this is a Ray Liotta line. Mm. And it's, okay, one of the other great gags that Nathan, I feel like belongs alongside the, the absurdity of the fingers gag is Clay Davis's dog. Okay. That again, for no reason is in this movie, but like, again, the perfect, like he hates this dog, except secretly he loves him and and all this. And (laughs) it's when he's still on top of the gazebo, Ray Liotta shows up and the, the other police officer comes out and you find out she's actually crooked and he asks uh, Clay Davis, I think her name is Princess, you know, where is she? And she, he's like, she's, she says she's in the car. She's fine. <laughs> and this is right after Ray Liotta has said that he left the grandson somewhere. Mm. Right. And he <laughs> right. looks, he looks at the, the officer that's in his employee and he goes, you left a dog in the car. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and again that one did get followed up like han solo goes you left gabe at a pizza hut or something like that but well, he like, said yeah you it, left my son in st louis <laughs> yeah yeah that's what it, yeah um, but again i just i get uh, that's that's what i was talking about earlier with the ray liotta performance right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he he plays it so straight and yet again this guy who has been like murdering people after cocaine all this kind of stuff like he turns around and he's like what kind of monster are you that you would yeah. leave a dog in a car <laughs> you know, like just again, just I just loved it. And that the whole subplot of Clay Davis's relationship to this dog, mm-hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. thought it was I thought it was inserted into the movie pretty expertly sure. you know, for something oh, sure. that literally yeah. you're talking about if they had had to if they had had to cut 20 minutes out of this movie that that's the first thing to go. Right? Yeah, like it absolutely. just doesn't need to be in here at all. But, but they even it, gave him a, a touching little tribute at the end of like, you know, like right before he's about to die. They just, you know, a little shot. I loved it. It, great. it worked yeah. for me so well. I just yeah. thought it was like chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so funny. Yeah. No. And that that line, you left a dog in the car, like really encapsulated it for me. Yeah. So. I, I No, I love it. I love it so much. Um, Nathan, I don't know, given, you know, how much you hated the comedy in this movie, if you wrote down the lines. <laughs> Whoa! But, um, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I, feel, I feel stabbed in the back of a public urinal, it's, you know? Yeah, I just, getting, the fact getting stabbed that you sucks. broke your TV after you watched no, this movie. No, I did not do that. Wow. I, mean, I will say one of my favorite lines is in the first three minutes, which is when the newlyweds are 
about to be with. I can't remember around the woods, and that's the Game of Thrones guy and and his uh, fiance or whatever. <laughs> you mean Tormund Giant Spain? Yes, 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 that guy. <laughs> and they see the bear, and the wife says, "We have such good luck in nature." It's <laughs> <Just> a great, <laughs> a great line. Awesome. Anyway, um, yeah. The I rest of I, it, I, I hated to your words. Reed. Yes, yes, I, yes. I, it, it's very evident. No, um, I did. This, I appreciate these kind of more more subtle uh, digs in a in a film that uh, is not high on subtlety. But I appreciate some of these more subtle, just sort of wittier moments. I love when uh, they've revived the kid and they're trying to talk right before they cho- before they select the child who's going to go out with them to where they've stashed the cocaine. Uh, he revives him and and the kid's like. Uh, they're asking him where he put it, and he says, "We stashed it under a gazebo, going back for it later tonight." And then he says, "A gazebo," and then from behind him, Han Solo's like, or, 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 "Sorry," the kid actually says, "Like it's a pavilion type structure." He says, "I know what the f- a gazebo <laughs> is." <laughs> just like, just him, but that's like that's funny enough when he blurts that out right there. But then right behind him, Han Solo's like, "I didn't." that whole little exchange i just think Uh, it's great um yeah i i i I can't help but call him ice cube jr as well i i feel like he is so on point for this and i love i love that the pair of them get to ride off in the sunset with the dog (laughs) just i just uh, i was very happy at the end of it i was like i don't want these guys to get taken out come on they're kind of roped up in this thing you know he wants he's sad about joan And there's that early exchange when they're first driving to West Virginia or Kentucky or whatever. Sure. Where, sure. where Ice Cube Jr. says, I'm not just a drug dealer. Mm, and Han mm. Solo goes, yeah, you are. And you, mm. you really, even in that moment, get that sense that like it's hurtful to sure. O'Shea yeah. Jackson Jr., right? Yeah, of course. And he, he does want to be more than that. And he does want he does value friendship with this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. yeah, so it was it was like a, a surprisingly touching ending for them yeah. to you know have that kind of okay they're free now probably i don't know what's going to happen when the people who want the money catch up to them or right, whatever right you know. yeah no i thought it was uh i thought it was it was surprisingly and disarmingly poignant uh some of that stuff there and it wasn't heavy-handed i didn't feel um so i, I do want to make just a couple of quick observations i sincerely don't think uh, that we are going to spend much uh, of any time here. But in the interest of like, I, di- I didn't dig for this. Uh, one of my rules in the new uh, era of fog is uh, I'm not going to intend to try to deliberately like baptize a film and say like, let me force something here. But something did stand out to me. Um, there were two things that I found interesting that, that were a little bit more like high minded than I expected. One is there's a lot of, uh, interesting notes about like parental relationships going on in this pretend parental protection, uh, as it were. Uh, and, and the, the common phrase is mama bear when you're talking about a, a very voracious kind of individual who's protective of their children. Um, but something that I did find kind of interesting that is baked into the premise of this. This is based on a true story. And by based on a true story, we mean at one point, uh, the drugs fell out the plane, uh, a bear ate it, and I think died like 45 minutes later. They found a dead bear. They mm-hmm. were like, uh oh, we need to do an autopsy because, like, what if there's like bear pox or something, yeah. right? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. They cut it open and there was like 80 pounds of cocaine in its stomach. And they were like, oh, that's what killed it. We know how it died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Case closed. Um, yeah. So- and then the screenwriter was like, 
But <laughs> but wait, what if? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's rewind. Which again, a genius, bit. right? Because that's what oh, we sure. all would. That's how we all react to that question. That oh, story, absolutely, absolutely. But what I found really uh, interesting about the the just the premise and the idea of this that can be, and th- this can push the button for it being sort of diversionary, comedic, and kind of funny. It can have darker implications. Um, but the basic premise of this is the natural order of things is disrupted by an accelerant. An accelerant comes in and the, the natural harmony, the natural, uh, relationship that is present, uh, in this park is simply disrupted by the presence of a cavalier reckless accelerant that gets dropped into the midst of this. And suddenly, what once functioned as a kind of a normal, take-for-granted kind of system uh, suddenly becomes a lot of chaos and a lot of disruption. And it was interesting to me. It's really easy uh, for, for me, in my mind, to go to things like social media behavior, algorithmic behavior, things that are in the atmosphere all around us and that it's interesting because we still kind of want to tend to op- there is another line that will probably illustrate my point um i didn't write it down uh so i'll, I'll try to just uh i'll try to just remember it the best i can forgive me if i if i quote this wrong but the little henry says at one point where he is uh uh, uh grieving uh the that the ranger has died is uh he says some version of he's basically like uh that man knew everything there was to know about a bear he didn't know it was a cocaine bear, you know. Like, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just. And you um, know, honestly, Reed, I think that harkens back to the opening of the film, where it opened mm-hmm. with some bear advice from Wikipedia. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, which was oh, funny, gosh. but then you have like characters. I mean, like like the the wildlife expert, right? Sure. Who give yeah. the same advice, right? Mm-hmm. The Tormund mm-hmm. Giants Bane says, right? If it's if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. Right. Um, yeah. Th- Everyone, well, most people in the movie, especially the characters who knew, sure. responded the way normally you should. Yeah, of Absent course. Absent this accelerant that you're talking about, right? Yeah, and I, that's exactly I right. I do think yeah. that's not accidental, sure. especially when they yeah. put it in black text at the front of the movie. Yes, yeah. for mm-hmm. a gag. I certainly chuckled real hard at that. Sure, but, sure. But I think it absolutely underscores what you're saying. Yeah, and I and I find that so interesting in the ways that we will in our daily lives and when we're talking about broader socio-political and cultural waves and trends, I think we tend to continue to lean upon people behaving the way we are used to people behaving. Leaning upon the reasonableness of our systems and structures, leaning upon the reasonableness of people to simply respond in ways we expect people to respond. But we're not taking into account uh, the, the, the invisible influences around us, the accelerants that have just been dropped upon the natural order of things, that this film, it's cocaine in the middle of a forest that a bear consumes, but all around us, it may be, and I've, I've seen it happen so much where it's like, you know what, I know every conversation I have had with that individual, that person is soft-spoken, seems reasonable, Seems very measured, but my God, you get the right clickbait on whatever social media platform there is. You you push the right button, and they will become something else. They will turn. They'll they'll become cocaine bear. And um, you know the the spirit of this movie 
and to an extension, perhaps the spirit of the conversation warrants us not like, you know, uh, dripping too dour about that kind of subject. But it, but it really struck my mind. It wasn't something I dug for. It wasn't something I had to say like, hmm, what can I find to think about? It was, it was inherent in the premise that this is a naturally function or functioning order of things that all of these people know how to navigate. But then you throw in this element played for laughs and also, as we've already cited, played for dreadful horror in some places, but you throw in this accelerant and the whole game changes. And I think when we're navigating and trying to understand how to navigate the situations and systems that we see play out around us, and more importantly, the the interactions we have, like, do you recognize what this accelerant in your life is doing to you? Are you cognizant of the effect these things are having on you uh, and and are you aware of how it changes your behavior and changes your thought patterns and the way you approach subjects that otherwise you might be perfectly reasonable, you might be able to stay on top of and not be overwhelmed by, but it's got an accelerant to it, and that accelerant is manipulating you in ways that you might not be cognizant to. Not trying to, yeah, yeah, you, there, with the hand up. Yes, God go ahead. bless you, I see that hand. <laughs> okay, <laughs> brother. Awesome. Well, I, I think you'll appreciate this attempt at nuance here. Like I would actually, I, I know you were hunting for a, a word to utilize there. Like to me, accelerant implies we're getting to where we naturally would have gotten anyway. Oh, that's and, fair. And mm-hmm. I yeah. think, mm-hmm. I think, which, which isn't to, to challenge your thought process there. It's actually to, to bolster and buoy where you were going, which is like, it's an X factor. It is this, mm-hmm. it is this influencing agent. And y'all, yes. I think about this a lot because like, um, maybe my experience is dissimilar from y'all's insofar as like, like uh, Jared, I think about like a church setting where though there is a lot of um, disparate persona and backgrounds represented there on a certain level, there's a, there's a unifying sort of aspect to it, even if it's just the congregational experience. Whereas like through my work, the, the, the clients I work with, as well as the people I work with, but spe- specifically sometimes the people I work with, someone will say a thing. And I'm like, I know that's not you, mm. which, mm. which becomes mm. this weird moment to like, you know, the context isn't appropriate for me to like become pastoral to them in that moment. And it, and they aren't, right expressing it as a need for something pastoral, but it's just this weird, it's that, it's that influencing agent read. It's, it's that X factor thing where it's like there can and should be natural, normal human relationship and interaction and like reasonable dialogue and conversation about the world and about this, you know, you know, the families and, and just work life, Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. just normal sort of run of the mill things that, that shape a life that then get dented and Mm -hmm. then get like perverted and contorted all out of shape that you just hear. And it, it is so, uh, I, I don't want to succumb to, you know, dispiriting, a dispirited spirit uh, to be redundant there, but like it can be like, damn, how do you, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't hold your hand your entire life, fella, whoever this imagined person is in the moment and, and, right. and help you better digest, better, better take in whatever food you're consuming, sure. but there is poison in your diet <laughs> mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and you don't realize it, but you, what you just said uh, illustrated it for me. You know, so so I think this I think this film names a couple of those uh, Mm. larger forces. Um, I think the more obvious one is patriarchy. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. toxic masculinity. I mean, you have the opening sure. sequence in the plane with this drug dealer. <laughs> and I mean, he is just like, who is he performing this macho rigmarole for? Right. Like he's the only person in the plane. Yeah. And yet he's yeah. like, Oh yeah. Oh, he's got his sunglasses on at night. And he's like, mm-hmm. so popping his collar and ooh, 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 you know, sure. And then of course sure. he knocks himself out because he's so <laughs> excited to, you know, whatever. It's just ridiculous. And then, I do think it's interesting that you have a mother bear. Mm-hmm. You have Carrie Russell as the mama bear human. Sure. And that's pitted. That's pitted against a dad who is identified by the truth teller of the movie, little Henry and the mm-hmm. last sequence as, and you're a bad dad. Yes. <laughs> and right, yes. It's like, and you do have this sort of like way that when Han Solo, Alden Eric's. I'm sorry, man. You're just gonna be Han Solo, right? When forever Han Solo. When he um, and yet sadly not, or or maybe right, yeah, whatever. Right, you yeah. know. <laughs> when he leaves, when he leaves that toxic system, right, and and mm. tries to tries to get out of it, uh, he's belittled. He it's blamed on a woman, effeminizing him, right? Like right. all this kind of stuff. Um, and again, un- unclear how much of that was verbalized in a in a past moment that was off off script. From, sure. from dad or how much of it he just perceived and internalized, but it sure. was all there. Yeah. Um, the other one is, and I, this is a, this is a little bit more subtle, but there were a couple of references that made me think it at least had to be in the background. And that is, I think the way that uh, the way the government used cocaine uh, specifically in the eighties, which is when this film was set yes. uh, to undermine black communities. Yes. You know, right, uh, right. using the, the CIA, bringing it in from a lot of the Central American countries, causing a lot of the migrant crisis that we have today at our southern border, mm-hmm. um, a lot of destabilizing politics there. You have where uh, I forget which scene exactly it was, but one of one of the characters specifically says, hey, man, since Nixon, like the government has been way more intense about this stuff. And that's referencing the Reagan era. That's you right. Know, uh, yeah. da- that's what this is when the D.A.R.E. program was born. Right. This is right. when all of these things come up. Just say no. Uh, you mm-hmm. know they had the they had the eighties commercials cut in there about you know yeah. taking drugs is just like pull, you know pulling the trigger and whatever. That's right, right. Um, the and, brain on and, drugs Friday. Yeah, 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 thing. yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and all I mean all of this was the the war on drugs. All of those letters, you know, all those t- uh, words capitalized, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that was largely a smokescreen to undermine and poison black communities. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and again, this was orchestrated and carried out by the CIA. And so, yeah. uh, again, the movie, I think wisely doesn't try to go there, but it was in the background and it kept, it kept getting pinged enough times that I was like, okay, they like, they know, they know what they're doing right. and they're recognizing that I think to your point, Nathan, there's, this is yet another force that is poisoning these people who otherwise would be, you know, like you said, this is not you. This is this is something else that is kind of again. Uh, Walter Wink refers to the powers and principalities, right? This is a demonic sure. thing that has. Let's yeah. see, we're back into horror. Demon. No, no, yeah, well, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just a slight um, diversion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are these are these are forces that are systemic, that are societal, that mm-hmm. uh, sort of consume us, that possess us, that cause us to act in ways that are not consistent with you know the image of God mm-hmm. in us. And yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think those are two things that I saw in the movie. And like you read, I was sure. like, I don't want to read into this, but right, especially the right. second time through, I was like, man, it's, it's just, 
it's there. Like, and right. again, I, I think Banks is smart. I think she's pretty clearly sure. a feminist, you know, looking at mm-hmm. her body of work. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I don't see any reason to ignore those signs just because they're subtle. You know, and again, I think for exactly. a movie called Cocaine yes. Bear, they need to be subtle because yeah. you didn't come for a sermon. You came for a bear on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But it speaks to, and, and maybe my final note on the, on the film, and then we can possibly pivot to the fog meter. It speaks to an undertone of this piece that it is constructed so thoughtfully. You can enjoy and appreciate it on the surface as a gonzo kind of, you know, bananas premise that is just silly and fun and you can just kind of turn your brain off. But, uh, again, uh, it's not as if those things are on my mind all the time and directly sort of came to my mind watching the uh watching the piece and i do i do get the sensibility that this film was very smartly constructed uh i think there were a lot of very intentional choices that whether or not uh the film as a whole works for you, you it, it's very difficult to deny that this is not bottom shelf lowest common denominator kind of material. This is, there is an, at least an attempt at thoughtfulness in the approach, even if they didn't seek to hit that high watermark of like, Oh no, every scene has got to really, you know, hit the bullseye and there's got to be all these subtle undertones and layers. I think it's just inherent in the creative team that came forward with this on their minds. And, and, uh, and, and I do feel like it's, uh, it's textual, not merely, uh, something we bring to it, but so uh, we can pivot to the fog meter. Unless either of you have something burning that you'll be like, no, 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 no. There's one more line to snort here. Let's uh, like <laughs> <laughs> anybody. Anybody have anything? Uh, to, I got them all. Really like I got them all. Good. Yeah. Okay, all right, you got awesome. them all. Just wipe it. You got something on you there, Jared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'll say, uh, you know, we'll, we'll pivot to our fog meter. That's a very distinct metric to our show. The way that we rate the media we cover, not necessarily on its quality, but on its gravity, what it asks of you as the viewer, how scary the thing is, which we call fear, and how substantive or meaningful or thoughtful the thing is, which we call God. Um, so on, on that basis, uh, on a scale of zero to 10, JR, I am going to invite you as our guest to give me two numbers. What would you say cocaine is on the fear measurement and what is it on the God measurement for you? Again, zero to 10. As you said, fear is such a subjective thing. Sure. My wife is a huge creature feature person, so she mm. was more horrified than I was. Mm. Um, but I would say for me on the fear spectrum, this probably came in like around a three and a half or four. Sure. Okay. Um, there were a couple of harrowing sequences. I already called out the ranger station, you know, yeah. ambulance thing. But mm-hmm. as a whole, it was more just kind of like slapsticky B movie fun. So. Sure. Yeah, I get that. And what would you say for the God meter? You know, I'm going to bump that higher. Uh, I'm going to say probably, I'm going to say probably like a five or six again. Okay. Um, like you said, I think those things are in there. I think they are text. They're not just us wishing they were there or reading into right. them, yeah. but it is, it is subtle enough to ignore it pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't want to deny that they're there. I want to acknowledge that, but I also want to acknowledge that again, I don't, I think that it's not a message movie and I think mm-hmm. that it was a, those were, those were background and that's yeah. okay. But yeah, yeah, that's, so that's, that's how I'd probably do it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Nathan, what would you say? Fear and God, go ahead and give me both. Uh, I'm going to do a three on fear. Um, a couple of ghastly or, or rather grisly sort of images, but more played for laughs than for, you know, actually 
trying to freak you out. Uh, and then on the God meter, I'm going to go four. Um, okay. you know, my, my knee jerk might've actually been a little lower, but I want to be acknowledged the fact that I've seen it once. I've seen it a couple of times, like, you, you know, you saw some things that, that I didn't see on the surface there. Um, mm-hmm. So a- acknowledging that it might there might be more there were I to give it another shot, um, it's not utterly devoid, but but didn't didn't you know kind of ping me in any any real substantive way either. Sure, no, that's fair. Um, I think I'm gonna hit pretty much in the ballpark where we've all landed. For fear, for me, I mean, this is this movie isn't even really nightmarish in, in any degree, but there are some grisly scenes that made me like drop my jaw a little bit like, Oh, they went there. Oh my God. (laughs) So, uh, so on that basis, I think I'll land on a four for the fear measurement. Um, and I think, uh, I'm, I'm always intent to give a film a tip of the hat when something pops out to me during the watching of it, rather than me reflecting on it later and being like, what can I, what did I think about that? What did I feel about it? Literally during the runtime of the movie. Uh, what I shared on pod kind of emerged uh, to me. And so I give the film credit for that, not not merely saying that I brought it to it. Um, and so for that, I'm probably going to be pretty generous on this. I'm going to go ahead and go seven for the for the God meter, even though I agree. I think you, you said this, JR, this is not a message movie and I don't want to pose it as such. I do think it is very thoughtfully constructed, even when that thoughtfulness is in the situational comedy it's trying to perform or the absurdity that it's trying to reach for. Um, I do think it's very thoughtfully constructed. And so that means that we give Cocaine Bear a 5 out of 10 on the fog meter, which uh, for a gravity metric feels like that's quite appropriate. We are still broadly workshopping how to kind of close out uh, our final beat on the show. What we're landing with right now at the moment is, JR, I'm going to ask you this question. What would you say to someone who was interested in watching Cocaine Bear about Cocaine Bear? Well, I've fortunately had to have this conversation several times. So I will say, I will say what I say. Mm-hmm. How you reacted to the title is how you will react to the movie. Ah, that's great. Yeah. I think that's completely on point. Nathan, what would you say to somebody? First time viewing, how would, how would you describe it to somebody? Or what I'd you say, say how you react to the title is how you would react to the movie. Um, <laughs> no, but, but with slight sincerity here, the, the, um, or with slightly more sincerity here is, um, loosen up and get people with you to watch it. Cause I, I do yes, think just yes. the, the, you know, if, if I were to say a recommendation sort of note, which again, trying to fit this bucket we're we're occupying here. Like I think I would not have a ton of interest in revisiting it just on a lark by myself, but, but absolutely like in a group setting is like, Hey y'all, have y'all seen this? Like, no, let's, let's check it out. Partly just to gauge my own new responsiveness to <laughs> Am that, I broken. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the X factor that's influencing me away from- on the cocaine bear where you were hurt? Right? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, uh, Ray? Um, yeah, I think, uh, kind of, kind of remixing a bit, uh, what, what JR has said. I do feel like it's right there in the title. And I feel like if you are interested in watching this movie because you are intrigued by the title, yeah, you, you will probably get exactly what you expect. Um, and, uh, and I feel like I would also say that like, if you are wanting something higher brow, uh, what intrigued you about the title cocaine bear? <laughs> so if, you're, if you're wanting something a bit more highbrow. So in yeah. college, a friend of mine came, came to me complaining cause she went and saw dude, where's my car and walked out of it. Cause it was dumb. And I was like, you went to see a movie called dude, where's my car? Like, 
Yes. What? <laughs> Joke's I don't feel on like, you. Yeah, I don't feel like this is the movie's fault. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. they did everything they could to prep you it's for like, what you should you expect. You want to say, I'm sorry, did, what did you say was dumb? I missed yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, right? And so. Yes. Yeah. When, I grant when the people film have been like, I don't know, Cocaine Bear just looks silly. I'm like, yeah, it's called Cocaine Bear. Like, I, Exactly. Yes. Entirely. Welcome to the conversation. Right. <laughs> so, I just yes. rarely does a title so perfect. And, and again, all, I think all credit goes to Elizabeth Banks and the whole production, right? Like sure. they, yeah. they understood the assignment and stuck the landing. Like mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. It, they could have tried to make Oscar bait. They could have made something like schlocky and B movie. Like I thought they, they knew they had a vision for what this movie should be. And I think mm-hmm. they, I think they largely did it. I mean, again, I've got, yeah, totally I've got agree. not as many quibbles as Nathan, but I've got my own with the movie. <laughs> but like, again, overall, this is what I wanted from Cocaine Bear. Yeah, I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, so listeners, we hope you've had fun with this conversation. I have had a blast. Oh my gosh, JR, thank you so much for coming and sharing your long storied history with your friendship with Elizabeth Banks and, uh, <laughs> for, um, and for enjoying this movie with us. Nathan, we hope you have, we have moved the needle a little bit for you and your appreciation of all that is Cocaine Bear. I uh, love y'all. I, I was gonna say, I think all we've done is make Nathan feel worse about himself, which I, I don't know how you score that. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a ten on the fog meter for me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. No, I feel great about me. <laughs> um, so, listeners, uh, next week we are going to again be going uh, for the patrons to episode three of The Fall of the House of Usher, the Netflix series uh, conceived, constructed, and adapted by Mike Flanagan. Uh, so episode three is called The Murders in Rue Morgue, or it's actually the episode is called The Murder in Rue Morgue, but read the Edgar Allan Poe short story as well, The Murders in Rue Morgue. And Which is so good. Spoilers. Oh, wonderful. Spoilers. Incredible yes. story. Wonderful story. So I'm very excited for next week's episode. Um, but also I'm excited because the movie we're covering next week after we talk about that, uh, excellent episode, spoiler alert for my feelings, is we're going to be talking about another film from 2023 called Evil Dead Rise. Um, so I'm very, very excited <laughs> to dive into Evil Dead Rise. Um, we, we thank you so much listeners for hanging with us. JR, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's always such a blast to have you. Always on the show. a pleasure, fellas. Um, I love joining you. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you, as always. Listeners, thank you, as always. And as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We will see you all next week. Bye, everybody. See you, guys. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening.
and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>